Welcome to the Big Golf Show. I'm your host, Nick Andreco, along with Eric Arbe. Eric, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. How about yourself, Nicholas? Doing great. We have an exciting show today. We, As you know, we're always talking technology and marketing and, and mentoring, and this one definitely falls under the business side uh, of what we do. And we have the CEO of Puka joining us today, Sean Rogers. Sean, how are you today? Hey, guys. Good to be here. Cool, cool. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show today, Sean. And uh, for people that don't know maybe about yourself or, or maybe much about Puka, uh, if they're in the golf industry, I'm sure they do, uh, would you mind giving us kind of a little little brief bio, uh, background about yourself, about the company, and kind of how you came to be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think quite a lot of people know about us, but they don't know the background and how Puka was created to begin with. It's a, a matter of fact, yesterday was Puka's 11th birthday. Um, so I'm back in Ohio at our headquarters from California. I came in from California uh, to celebrate our birthday and have a few meetings with accountants and bankers, the fun stuff around April. And uh, the Puka story started 22 years ago where my dad and I started a company together from scratch. And what we did was we, our, our business, we actually started out in custom bags. So we were doing everything from Adidas, uh, Adidas backpacks, duffel bags, to Tamarack camera bags, to Brunswick bowling ball bags. We were all over the board. And we started that custom business 22 years ago. And along the way, we expanded our product offering, later got into headwear, and we were doing big retail brands like Abercrombie & Fitch, American Eagle, Aeropostale, Victoria's Secret, Lids. Um, we, we found a, a very great niche in that, that big box retail where we actually produced product for those brands. Later, we expanded out even in other product categories into jewelry, footwear, belts, wallets. We were an accessory brand and we expanded out to California doing Vans, Quicksilver, Fox Racing, Hurley, Volcom, all that, that surf skate action sport industry. So we have a very vast background in retail, big brands, um, and product development in a lot of categories. So over the years, as, as business changes, um, I decided before the big economy crash, luckily I, I looked really smart doing this, but I started shaving off some of those other divisions and other product categories that we were doing, and I just concentrated on the few that we were best at. And ultimately, to this day, like last year, I closed down my last two divisions, which were jewelry and the original start or inception of our company, the bag business. And I'm focused 100% on headwear, and I'm dabbling, as a lot of people know, into the mobile case business. So what happened, the reason or how Puka was started 11 years ago was I was frustrated and angry with some of my, my bigger retailers like Abercrombie, American Eagle, Aeropostale. They all went public on me. And when they went public, I became, you know, I was their number one vendor and I produced, you know, all their bags and headwear to all of a sudden the next day, I was second, third, fourth source that they were using. So when I got frustrated with that relationship or those relationships, like, that's when I said, I want to start my own brand. I want to have complete control of my own destiny. So I went to my factory, uh, my favorite cat factory, uh, because the owner was a super cool guy. And I said, look, I've got these other companies in the golf industry specifically 
you know, we all know who they are, the big guys, and I, I respect Imperial, I respect the head and some of the other players that are in there. But I looked at their business model and I said, I can't do what they do. I don't want to be another flavor. There's no reason that anybody would buy from me. Those guys, those other brands, they're importers. They import blank caps and they embellish here in the state. So they have brick and mortar, they've got the machinery, they've got the staff, and they have a super big inventory. I went at it with the approach of, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that headache, any of that responsibility. So I went to my factory owner and I said, let's flip this around backwards. I said, you make samples for me every single day for all these big brands. Uh, you make uh, salesman samples, photo shoot samples. You're doing that every day. You're not thrilled with it, but you charge me a premium. What if, I'm, what if I would order from you every single day if I hire reps and go out to the marketplace? And, you know, he looked at me a little strangely at first, but I said, every single day I will place orders and we'll make this a business. So we almost literally spit on uh, each other's hand, shook hands, and that's how Puka was started in Las Vegas hotel room. Wow. That's a pretty neat little story. I'm, I'm more interested, or well, not more interested, but I'm interested in how did you get to be the main vendor for like companies like Amber Crown? Like, how do you do that right off the bat? You know, it, it's a strange thing, but the simplest way I can say it was when I was a kid, you know, I, I started doing this, uh, I'll say cold calling. I mean, I called everybody. I, I got meetings with Nike, Adidas, uh, Abercrombie. I just picked up the phone back then, you know, it was only 20 years ago, 20 some years ago, and I didn't have the internet. And I would literally cold call people and I would demand to speak to the highest up I could get, whether it be the CEO, a VP, and I got everybody. I was just really, really good at it. I was convincing on the phone and I had a little story. I had a little spin and I nailed everybody. It was when I started the headwear business, that's when Abercrombie was going through the craze and the uh, people will remember how many years ago, maybe 12, 15 years ago when Abercrombie started doing the destructed wash. I was literally in the factory with my Abercrombie guy and we were creating the recipes. That's what we called it. Um, with each hat, you had to keep a hat in longer on a, maybe a warmer wash, you know, your blue cap, you'd have to keep it in the wash machine longer, a little bit more, uh, back then we actually used stones to, to beat, beat up the hat, break the threads. Um, so one, once I had that formula and I came back to the States from that literal trip, it was shooting fish in a barrel. I went around with the story and told everybody what we did and I just, I lined them up and killed it. It was fun. It was a really fun time. Love to hear that kind of that kind of story. <laughs> what well, wasn't Sean? What was the name of your company when you were running running that? Is it the same Puka or is it a different? Uh, no, it was called FDI Factory Direct International. Oh wow! So I, you know, we were like the Wizard of Oz. You know, we're behind this curtain. All these brands that I, I work for then and work for now, nobody wants to wants. Uh, the outside world to know that we're the ones making it, you know, it's, it's their brand and, and rightfully so. So I never advertised. I didn't go to trade shows. I didn't have to do anything. So that, that was fun for me too. I like to fly under the radar. Um, I'm, I don't have a big ego. I don't want to be in a, a picture. I don't, you know, that's the first Skype interview I've ever had. So um, I kind of shy away from the press a little bit. That's just my nature, but I'm not a shy guy by any means. Um, so we were called FDI, and then I created Puka 
you know, like I said earlier, out of frustration, I wanted more control and I wanted it to be my brand. I wanted to make all the rules. I think we're pretty perceptive in what the marketplace wants. And that goes back to the inception of the brand. You know, when I'm talking about the competitors they have in the marketplace and other markets that we're in, um, when I go against those other guys, I had to be something very different. And I knew that going in, or I had to give people a reason to buy from me too. So my product is made from scratch. I make it at the factory. Every single component, stitch, panel, interior, exterior, button, everything is customizable. The other guys, <clears throat> they're importing blanks. That hat's already made. There's nothing more they can do to the inside or under the visor or cut and sew. They can't do anything to that cap, not at low volume. It's impossible. So they're hooping it up and doing some embroidery, maybe adding a patch at most. So, you know, I, I give people a very compelling reason to buy from us. We're super creative. Um, we, we try to lay out a, a cool line in our catalog to show you, kind of guide you, but ultimately you are the designer. You're creating your own cap. And we even put on uh, little pizza parties. Um, our people create, we'll, we'll send an artist and a rep to your location. Uh, we, we pull in various clubs over a two or three day uh, visit and help help the entire staff create their own product. It's pretty cool. Nobody else does that. Do, uh, Sean, do you think, um, are you seeing other companies trying to make that switch or is that going to be very tough for them? You know, I mean, I, so I said we're 11 years old and I remember sitting around my conference table that I still have in my room today um, and I told the staff when, when we were creating the brand, I said, we're going to have a two-year head start. That was in the business plan. Two years from this date that we launch, everybody's going to be coming after us. And now here we are 11 years later, and no one's tried it. <laughs> the, great, the great thing for me is um, as we grow, it just keeps creating this insulation around this thing that we created, this production model. Um, our software, our order system is all made and, and created in-house. So I've even had big brands from Oakley, Hurley. I've had some guys. Uh, I had a guy from TaylorMade tell me that they did all the research on me and they are going to knock me off. They know the factory I go to. They know everything about it. People see my production line. But Oakley did the same thing. And when they go and they find out all the facts and how many dollars, millions of dollars that we've spent creating this vast library at the factory as well as our proprietary uh, order system, they walk away. It's not worth it to them because... You know, the margin structure is different. We, we have a much lower margin than a traditional brand because of what we do. Everything's premium. Uh, we FedEx everything in. That's a premium. But the product speaks for itself. And for me uh, versus other owners, I looked at this as a long-term venture. I didn't want to get rich quick. I didn't want to make a quick buck and get out or sell out. I came into the golf market and I said, I'm here to stay. My very first PGA show, I came at the biggest booth I could afford. I actually couldn't even afford it. Um, I came in with a 20 by 60 booth the first time I ever showed up, and I shocked everybody in the market. Um, that was very intentional because I wanted to say to the golf market, I'm here and I'm not leaving. But I know brands come and go. So 11 years later, I think people have come to uh, trust us and count on us uh, tremendously. And we continue to grow every year. Yeah, well, I say on the PGA show, I know a lot of people look forward to the beer pong. 
uh, <laughs> at the PGA show. Is that your idea or is that? Yeah, it actually was. Um, I, I had a couple ideas and, and one, I don't know if I should let it out of the bag, but I wanted to do this for years too. We kind of got pushback. The reason I went to the, the beer poem is because that's our personality. We're fun. We have uh, tapped kegs at both offices that we have in California and in Ohio. Um, not that we're big drinkers. It's just there. It's just showing that we're a very relaxed environment. We're not super corporate. We're privately owned, so we have a good time. Um, so I wanted to, because of my relationship with Brunswick Bowling, you know, making bags for them for years, I asked them. They had a traveling uh, bowling alley that they would set up. So I said, I want to go to the PGA show and put a bowling alley right in my booth and just shock the heck out of everybody. And, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense, but that's the way we work. We, we, everybody would know us. You know, it's loud. Who can't roll a ball down the alley? You know, a little kid, an old woman, anybody can do it. But then I got the pushback from noise, number one, hazard, you know, someone's going to throw the ball off the side and someone's going to get hurt. So between insurance and the, and the show, it was, it was a tough, tough one to pull off. It was very expensive. So I went backwards and I went old school and kind of frat boy and said, let's just have a, a, a beer pong party. And now I think we've done it five or six years in a row. And I don't know if we're going to stop. Well, I know that's, that's kind of cool. I know everybody loves that at the show and like, obviously that kind of shows your corporate culture there. Is that something you guys kind of pride yourself on? You're like, Hey, you know, we are fun, young, kind of relaxed company. Is that, I mean, you obviously set out from the beginning to try to infuse that in the company. Yeah, that, that, that's def, yeah, a definite play for us, you know, and I, I sincerely worry at times. I, I just talked about it this week, literally, and I said, I wonder if we alienate anyone. You know, I, I respect the golf market very much. I'm not a personally a big golfer, um, but I wanted to come in, and that is our personality. We are very fun. We're very innovative. Um, we try to show it in our product. We try to sh- show that in our personality when we show up anywhere we go. Um, we're just not, we, we don't like to conform. I'll, I'll just put it that way. But Eric, I will plug them a little bit here is that, you know, Sean, we've full disclaimer, you know, we've ordered from you guys, you know, I, uh, probably only a couple hundred hats, but, uh, that we give away to our clients and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, you guys rock it when it comes to customer service. So it's not like you're, you know, I want anyone to think that you guys are like a, party party company and don't work i mean you guys bust yeah. bust it pretty hard <laughs> i i really appreciate that yeah. I mean, that that's truly something else that we pride ourselves on from day one i mean we we really really care about our reps and our customer service you know it's we we kill people with kindness that's a motto here and if you know if we ever have anybody that doesn't they're gone but that doesn't happen we we have very little turnover and when someone does leave uh, customer service here, the reps and customers acknowledge them very, very much. So I take great pride in that. We get a ton of compliments on our service. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, that we definitely wanted to, to chat with you is that, you know, I mean, we, I remember our first order, Eric, was only, what, I think like 24 hats even. I don't even know. Yeah. They didn't even, we got by with less than the minimum. But, yeah. I think less than the minimum. You guys were, but I, I feel we got the same service. I think you guys give your people that order 10,000 hats. So, um, anyways, that, no, that was, it was really cool. You guys, de- you guys definitely have, have the customer service side in our opinion, at least, you know, down the way it should be. I so, appreciate it. Yeah. You know, you, you painstakingly, uh, 
we pay a lot of attention to that and and take great pride in it. The um, so, what are some of the goals that you get, that you have for Puka in the future here? You know, moving moving forward, or or even personal goals that you'd like to see happen. Well, growth growth is always a good thing. I, I had the bank and the accountants in here yesterday, and that's what we were talking about is is growth. Um, the other thing is, you know, we're we're increasing our efforts in technology. We want to revamp our website. We want to be a lot more interactive uh, with our public, and always always uh, perfecting uh, our order system, you know, to be a better partner to our reps, to our factory, you know, so it's like, it's a never ending pursuit of perfection and growth. Um, I don't go at growth just for dollars. I go at growth for all the efficiencies that come with it and pass that along, you know, and and the reason that I I keep the other side of my business, the original side, and I still do a a big number of uh, very big brands I get so much information, you know, I'm working on product. I won't even say for who right now, but I'm working on product for fall 2015 right now. So all of that information, you know, versus my competitors, all the information I get there translates and I slowly bring it over to the golf market. Puka is also very big in high school, uh, a little bit in collegiate and a lot right now in action sports. So when I say that, you know, coast to coast, we're going to every surf and skate shop as well. And, you know, the information, there, there's a lot of surfers that golf and vice versa. It's, it's pretty cool. And the translation, and then when we look at different pockets of America, you know, I can sell a really cool, hip, trendy trucker hat, you know, to, to pine, uh, Torrey Pines or, you know, some, some great California-based locations that I can't sell in the Midwest. So we, we put a lot of effort into what sells where. Um, so it's, it, I would say it's mainly the goals of the future are focusing even more on those details, more on our technology, and frankly, more on innovation. That's the key to our success. Well, along those lines, um, and I don't know how much you, you, know, you guys want to talk about this, if there's any inside, any inside secrets, but from an advertising standpoint, I noticed you guys do a lot of advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that, how is your kind of approach to advertising or marketing the Puka brand, uh, different than it was, let's say 11 years ago when you started, you know, especially obviously with Twitter and Facebook now, um, not, they were never in the game that, that you know, back then. Yeah. So the difference between now and 11 years ago when we started, you know, I didn't do anything but go to the, the trade shows, which was obviously very expensive. And I met Rick Summers at a uh, golf tournament and he came up to me and he said, hey, you know, we got to talk about advertising. When are you boys going to step up? And I told him flat out, I said, hey, you know, I'm a new kid on the block. I can't afford it. I'm poor. There's no way, you know, I could, I've never had to advertise, so I don't know how to do it, number one. Two, I'm broke. I was joking, but, um, you know, he really gave me a tongue lash and he kind of chewed me out and treated me like I was his son. And said, this isn't about money. This is about relationship and connecting with all the people uh, throughout the country. And, you know, and when I got done with my spanking from him, I shook his hand and I said, do me one big favor. I'm like, hold my hand. I don't know how to do this. And I meant that literally and figuratively. I'm like, show me. And he kind of took me under his wing and he did show show us the way. And we've been with him ever since. Um, 
we have a sizable budget. He treats us with uh, the utmost respect. Um, he brings us new innovative ideas to Puka first a lot of times um, because we're willing to try new things. Um, he knows our personality and we like to be creative. We want to be different than everyone else. And, you know, I just had a meeting this morning with uh, James Thompson, our, our marketing director, and we were talking about Rick specifically. And I said, anything he wants to throw at us. And he's got cool new stuff this year. And we're going to go for it. Um, but with, with technology and Facebook and Twitter and all the things that have come about, I'm not personally super hands-on with that. Uh, I'm very shy. I'm not tech-savvy. Um, I let the guys here, you know, James and his crew take care of that. So we do put an emphasis on it, uh, on the Internet, I would say. But we still believe in the old-fashioned advertising model and we're not taking any dollars away from the traditional advertising model that, that we've had. And in fact, even when the economy went down the drain, uh, I remember very specifically saying, I'm not going to stop advertising. I did not pull back $1 uh, from the budget. And I thought, and I think I thought correctly, and, and uh, I actually made a mistake. I ordered a brand new trade show booth right as the economy crashed. And I think I was the only guy in 2009 that came down with a brand new booth. So people thought I was either crazy or really rich, or I don't know what they thought, but <laughs> I, wasn't not, I wasn't normal once again. And I think between that and the advertising, my trust level with, with uh, our customer base went up immensely. And you know, coming out of that storm, I, I've proven that because I've grown every single year and I attribute a lot of that to our advertising. But to answer your question, you know, it's now we are concentrating a lot more on social media than ever before. But again, I'm not going to stop the traditional advertising either. Yeah, that's one of the first things that a lot of people do is pull their advertising dollars or at least the people that are not – uh, maybe maybe they're no longer in business, but the people that aren't as successful, they I, I know a lot of we had a lot of conversations with people saying, hey, we need to pull back, we need to, you know, we can't do this kind of advertising, we can't do that, and you know, we're preaching the same stuff. You, you, this is the best time to do it because exactly. because other people are pulling back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's that's it's interesting that you guys are still you know putting an emphasis on, you know especially because you do a lot obviously with PJ Magazine like you just said with Rick your relationship with Rick and you know that's read by you know thirty five thousand PJ professionals or so so um, I know we see your ads all the time in there. Yep. And um, but so you know just moving forward and, and any tips for our listeners uh, I guess on like kind of starting your own business running your own business I mean what have you you know, the million dollar question in, in two seconds is like, what have you learned, I guess, in your 22 years of doing this? You know, is there, is there any like big keys that, I mean, obviously it sounds like hustle is a huge part. I mean, you seem like you bust your butt all the time. So, uh, you know, maybe aside from that, what is, you know, what are some tips you have for people that are you know, either golf pros or GMs at golf courses that are looking to kick it up a notch? Um, you know, what are some things that you, you pride yourself in doing well? Well, from the beginning, if, if you are literally starting your own business, no matter what it is, uh, I always give the advice to have a day job. Keep your day job. That um, could be part-time. That could be anything. You, you've got to cover, literally cover your own personal bills. And don't, don't jump off the edge and think, oh, I can do this and it's going to work out. Because it's not. It's not going to be an overnight success. 
I'd say 99% of the businesses are not. It takes years before you turn a profit. So my biggest, simplest piece of advice is keep your day job and work hard on, on the off time. You know, if it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, my dad started with me. I convinced him to leave a 20-year career with Procter & Gamble. And he took off with a kid, you know, that dropped out of college to start this business. That was my, my big jump. I'm not proud of that, but... Um, I dropped out because I was flying to China and doing international business. And here I was sitting at University of Toledo in international business classes. And I'm going, wait a second. I already did that. I just did that last week. I set up a line of credit. I set up a letter of credit. Um, so my dad and I both had basically part-time jobs when we started our business. And we kept those for about two years to get us off the ground. So it's, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, like you say. I still hustle to this day. My other biggest piece of advice is when you start, or when you get off the ground, don't lose focus. You know, and I, I've done it. I've had plenty of failure stories to share. Uh, I don't think you have enough time to listen to all those. Um, I've never went bankrupt. I've always taken cal calculated risk, but I have a whole laundry list of failures of, different ventures that we've tried. Um, and if I could go back in time and do it over, I would have stayed focused on what I'm focused on right now. You know, I'm, I just turned 45 and I, I told the president of my company, when I turned 40, I said, focus in my 40s, that's my new motto. And we are really, really focused on Puka. Uh, Puka headwear specific, golf specific. We are doing nothing else but concentrating on that. And it, it pays dividends. And uh, the the one piece I would like to ask you about um, is how you expanded into the, the cell phone cases, Sean. How did, you know, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, that was a strange thing. Um, I'm in a club called YPO. That's Young Presidents Organization. And that, that's a global club where you have to be a president or CEO or owner of a company. And you've got to be of a certain size to be uh, even considered. And when you go into that that group it's a wonderful worldwide networking model and that that club has taught me so many business fundamentals and you know that's that's where I get a lot of my focus from now um, but in that networking I live in California now and one of the guys in my Orange County group I went to his office one day and he he prints on all kinds of products so he's your uh, corporate you know He'll make you mouse pads, coffee mugs, et cetera. His focus is on printing. So I went into his place, and he had a, a special printer where he was doing one-off cell phone cases. Uh, you, can, you can send your picture. You've probably all seen it online or at your local mall or kiosk where you can take a picture of you and your dog and you know, put it up on that printer, and then they print on a mobile case. And I was working with Callaway at the time, and Callaway told me, they wanted to have one-off ability on everything that they do. That's, that's a big buzzword right now for a lot of brands, from Hurley to Nixon, all these brands that I'm working with. Everybody wants the consumer to be able to go on and customize their own product. So my light bulb went off. I saw my friend printing a one-off cell phone case, and I turned around and went right back to Callaway and asked them for a license for uh, mobile cases, and they, they agreed to it. And then I went, took it a step further and said, hey, I've got this great distribution model. 
you know, we're, we're a custom brand. Our, our, our tagline is be original. So I came back to my, my executive staff here and I jumped up and down on my conference table and said, we're going to do mobile cases. I can do one-offs. I can do very low minimum. This is the coolest thing. It, it's a product that everybody in the world carries now. You know, my 11-year-old son has one, um, you know, to a 90-year-old lady. So everybody goes to the golf course, you know, what a better way to advertise, you know, where you've been or with great pride. You know, we, we love that everybody wears hats, but you can't wear a hat to church. You don't wear your hat into every restaurant you go to. But what do you take to church and to the restaurants? Your iPhone. So I'm like, this is a great, great model to, to take to the golf market. No one else has done it. So it, it's been a fun, fun game. Um, it's slowly taking off. People are a little intimidated by it. I don't know why, but uh, it's definitely taking off, and we're having a great time doing it. Are you guys just doing just doing iPhone stuff, or is you, are you trying to tackle the, the trillion different Samsung devices? We're or? not doing the trillion. I, I, went, to, <laughs> I went to Best Buy. Uh, I had a meeting with Best Buy, and uh, they specifically, you know, they're, they're the leaders in the mobile case category and they told me just concentrate on iPhones and Samsung's so we do both we do all all the iPhone models and we've got all the Samsung models covered as well and then we'll have new stuff Uh, Samsung just came out with their latest the iPhones are coming out this fall I think a couple more are coming out so we're concentrating on those two and you nail about 85% of the market I'll be interested to see what uh, Puka does with the with the wearable market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we dabbled and discussed, uh, <laughs> that many times. Well, I'm sure I'm, that's, it's, so do you see that? Um, I guess a little fortune telling, do you, do you see that being something that's, um, you're going to take off? I know that, I know that Nike just recently canceled that part of their division, that fuel brand, I think. What was it called? That 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 band that makes the fuel. Oh, gotcha. I, I thought I just saw on like TechCrunch something like that that they just shut that department down. But I don't know if you guys do you think that's going to be. Do you think that's going to take off? Do you wear any of that stuff? Do you do any of the wearables? Like the uh, like the watches or anything like that that you can text. My wife, <laughs> my wife just got me one for my birthday, and I I wore it one time and took it right back off. So <laughs> I'm just not that guy, I guess. Um, I actually have a meeting this afternoon. It's part of the reason I'm back here at our Ohio headquarters. I'm meeting with my executive staff to talk about a few things like that. Can't let the cat out of the bag yet, but uh, that's definitely on the agenda today. Sounds fun. Cool. Yeah. Well, Sean, I appreciate the time today. That was, um, you know, sharing a little bit of insight and you know what you guys are doing over at Puka and what you've been, you know, how the company's grown and. A lot of the fun stuff that you guys are doing, like I said, I'll give you, a, you know, a, another unsolicited plug is that um, if no one's talked with Puka yet, uh, I highly encourage you guys give them a call. Um, I get, we got nothing but praise for them over here. So, well, I, I greatly appreciate it, guys. You know, it's my pleasure, and uh, I, I thank you for my first Skype interview ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool, Sean. Thank you, and good luck the rest of 2014. And um, if anyone that makes it down to the show in 2015, stop by. Sean, are you usually there the whole week? 
Yeah, I'm always sure. there. Okay. Definitely. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us, Eric. Where can um, where can everyone find us? You can find us on the web at thebiggolfshow.com, um, Twitter at thebiggolfshow, or uh, on your iOS device. Go to the podcast app and search for The Big Golf Show. There you Listen have it. to us all day long. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for listening. And Eric, catch him later. I'll catch him later. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs>